Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. All right, so the theme is just run. Just run. Amen? 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 Amen. Just run. Because we've been talking about the kind of an Olympic idea of that endurance that pushes and pushes and never gives up, never slows down. And so we're to transition. Enjoy a little laugh before we get going. Enjoy this video. I was in London uh, the World Cup was going on. I enjoy any sporting event where nations get involved. I find that the most exciting. The Olympics is really my favorite uh, sporting event, although I, I think I have a problem with that silver medal. I think if I was an Olympic athlete, I would rather come in last than win the silver, if you think about it. You know, you win the gold, you feel good. You win the bronze, you think, well, at least I got something. But you win that silver, that's like, congratulations, you almost won. Of all the losers, you came in first of that group. You're the number one loser. No one lost ahead of you. And they don't lose by much. You know, these short races, three hundredths of a second, two hundredths of a second. I don't know how they live with that the rest of their lives. Because you've got to tell the story. Everyone wants to hear the story. Wow, congratulations, silver medal. Did you trip? Did you not hear the gun go off? Tell us what happened. <laughs> it's a hundredth of a second. People say, what was the difference in the, in the margin there? What was it? Well, it was like from now. It was like from now, now to now. Now, now to now. To now. Now. now to now. Now. Now to now. 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 That was it. I trained, I worked out, I exercised my entire life. I never had a date, I never had a drink, I never had a beer. I was doing push ups since I was a fetus. I flew halfway around the world. Everybody I knew in my whole life was there. The guy shut off the gun. And they always had that photo finish. You know, the photo finish was always silver, gold. This is the whole race. Gold, silver, bronze, dead last. <laughs> Greatest guy in the world, never heard of him. <laughs> so he's talking about how they train so hard their whole lives and they run as hard as they can. And it's just like, such a narrow margin between having won the race, never been heard of. We're going to read this verse. Let's turn. It is 2 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Are you ready for this? Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? That gold medalist. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable crown, like one that's, that is going to erode and disappear and rot. But we race for an imperishable crown, an eternal crown, a never-ending crown. So he's saying, run as if you are running all out to win. No matter where you are in life, what status you're in, what your age is, what your household is like, how much money you have, get in the Christian race and run your brains out for the gold medal every single time. Don't slow down. Don't give up whenever you see somebody else that looks like they're running harder. Don't trail off. Don't pull off the gas. Run so as to win. Run so as to win. Paul was writing to Greeks. The Greeks loved the Olympics. They lived and breathed the Olympics. It was like a centerpiece for their culture. And to connect with the culture that he's preaching to, he's using terminology they understand. They understand running the race. They understand sprinting all out, giving everything they have, sweating, training their entire life, honing their body to be an instrument. And he's writing to people that get that. 
And you know what? At the end of the race, the gold medalists in their time received a green wreath that they wore on their head. Let's show a picture. Here you go. Here's the picture. That they, this is what they won. Ta-da! Now, do you understand what he means by perishable one? You put that on the shelf, you've got, like, what, a few days? How long do your mom's flowers last when she puts them in a little vase? Not long, right? So they're running, giving everything they have so they can wear that for a couple days, a few days until it turns brown and just becomes potpourri. And he's saying, look, those of you who are chasing after the Lord, run all out because the prize that you get eclipses some sort of green stuff on your mantelpiece. It is so much greater. It is so much more beautiful and it's eternal and it begins now. So run all out. I'm going to read that one more time. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. The first point of this verse is to run hard. Is there anyone in here that's going to run hard for Jesus? Silence. All right, all right. Is there anybody over here that's going to run hard for Jesus? All right, thank you, thank you. I'm glad you're still with me. The tagline for this week is, if you won't run, you can't win. You've got to enter the race. You've got to begin the disciplines. You've got to put your focus on something that's further ahead than the next step. I promise a sprinter doesn't stare at their feet. They stare out. They're looking at that finish line, and they are running with all their might at it. And you might be in here and not be a runner, athlete. I mean, you may be band, drama, or what. I mean, love you guys. That's, I'm pretty close to that crowd. But when it comes to our faith, you are a runner. And if you're not willing to run, you're definitely not going to win. What is the race that Paul's talking about? Is he talking about everyday life? Hey, stay strong in everyday life. Life can be hard. Keep going. Well, no. Everybody's doing that. Christian, non-Christian, atheist, Buddhist, whatever. Everybody is doing life. If they're not doing life, then you're not talking to them because they're dead. We're all doing life. So what race is Paul talking about? What is he talking about that we're supposed to give everything at, that we're supposed to sweat and sprint until we're about to pass out and never give up, never look back, never slow down, and hang in there until we reach the finish line? What race is he talking about? Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first his kingdom. The race that you're running is you're pursuing the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God, Becoming a part, a functioning member of the kingdom of God. That should be number one. El uno. Number one in your life is the kingdom. Number one in your life is not your sport, your instrument. Number one is not your girlfriend or boyfriend or family. That's why Jesus says, hey, compared to what you're running for over here, your family, it should be like hating your family because you're so focused on the kingdom. He doesn't actually mean to hate your family, but he's making a comparison that your life is completely focused on the finish line. And your family may be in the stands cheering you on, but that focus line, that finish line is your whole world. Completely focused. Just run. If you won't run, you can't win. The second one, verse or Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20. Go therefore into all the world. Make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, hang in there, guys. I'm going to be with you always to the end of the age. What race are we running? It's not just life. Everybody's doing life. The race that we're running is towards the kingdom of heaven and sharing Jesus with the world around us. Because they're dying back there. They're dying around you. I promise, the people that you think have it all together, that the bad boy, the bad girl, they look like they're fine, they're having fun, they're the ones that are croaking on the inside for something that's real. And you have something that's real, and you're standing on the shore watching them go towards a waterfall going, yeah, awesome, cool. You do you. It's time that we start running a race for them. That we start sprinting along the shore going, turn back, it's not worth it. There is nothing in this life that's worth going after except Jesus. And you start running. I don't know if you want to, if you're thinking to yourself, 
I don't know if that's a race for me, Dom. I don't know if, if I'm supposed to build my whole world around Jesus and his kingdom. I don't know if that's for me. I want you to know, those of you who signed up, who has Jesus in your heart, that's the life you signed up for. Anyone who has led you to believe that Christianity is saying a prayer and living the life the way you were going to anyway has deceived you. You have signed up for a mission. Your life should never be the same again. You say, I do to Jesus, and then you start running. You start honing every day your spiritual walk. You start learning how to hear his voice. You start looking around every day. God, where do you have me? Where do you have me today? Going to school becomes a mission field. Going home becomes a mission field. Going to the gas station, the Walmart, wherever you're at, becomes a mission field because now you're focused. You're like a horse with blinders. I'm heading to the finish line. And everyone that crosses my path is meant to be in my path for Jesus Christ. It's time we start running. There is no prayer. There is no amount of times that you go to church There's no t-shirt that you wear. There's no fancy language that you speak that makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is you're in the race and you're running and your whole world is Jesus Christ. And if you're looking around going, I'm just on the sidelines, better to do a heart check because it's time to run. Heavenly Father, bless this message. Let your word go out. Jesus. Lord, I do pray for that reunion in heaven. Let not one in here be lost. Let not one in here be missing from that roster when we're in heaven. Please, Jesus, let not one go to hell. Please, please, please capture every heart in this place. Let everyone in this room declare you as as Lord of their lives. Let every one of them confess you and believe in you in their heart. Please, Lord, let not one be lost. I beg you. Let us run this race together. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to know that race, that race towards making disciples, that race towards the kingdom that you signed up for as a Christian, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to follow him to the lost because that's where Jesus is going. If you haven't been following Jesus to the lost lately, you're not following Jesus because he's the good shepherd that left the 99. Why? He's going after the one. So if you're following Jesus and life looks the same and you're hippity-skippity going through life, you're not following Jesus. I don't know who's out in front of you, but you better do a heart check. Because if you're following Jesus, you're going to the one. That's Jesus. That's the one we serve. We've got a, we've got a race in this life. I've got a rope. Nice, nice. It's actually unweaving nice and smoothly. Ooh. Come here, buddy. All right. This rope is 100 feet long. We've had about 6,000 years of human written history. Right? Now, if this 100-foot-long rope represented that 6,000 years, 100-year span, is anyone in here going to live to be 100 years old? Anybody? Like, I'm not sure. Not the way I'm living now. I jump off buildings too much. Elijah. All right. So if your life on this 100-foot it, say you live to be 100 years old. Hey, you know, I mean, modern science. You're eating a lot of preservatives, you know, in your food. You know, you're probably going to be preserved. So your life on this rope would be one-fifth of an inch. All right, so let me see if I can find your life. Hold on. We've had a lot of human history. There's your life. 100 years if you live to be that long. So, so can you all see your whole life over there? That's your whole life. Can you all see your whole life over here? There's your whole life. I almost missed it. I was like Solomon. I was like, whoa, I guess that life didn't matter. The whole life right here. So if you're thinking like, no, no, you don't understand, Dom. I don't know if this is the race for me because life's long. Don't you understand, Dom? Like there's a lot of life. And it's hard to run hard for my whole life after Jesus. It's hard to be intentional every single day for Jesus. I want you to know your life is not that long. You need to know that James says your life, James 4, 13 through 15 says, your life is like the mist. Have you ever been out in the cold? No, no, you haven't. You're from Louisiana. Some other people experience cold, and they go out and they go like this, and you see like this mist, and then it's gone, just like that. And the time it takes you to go, oh, it's gone. That's it. That's your whole life. This is not a long race. You're in a sprint. 
You're in an all-out, running for your life, throwing yourself forward for Jesus Christ's sprint. And it's short. And it can end at any moment. Because if your life gets cut off at 60, that's even shorter. What if your life gets cut off tonight? How short would that be on here? It'd be a strand. It's worth running the whole time. Paul writes this, Brothers, I don't consider myself to have achieved it. But one thing I do, I'll pay attention to this, breathe this verse, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Not like leaning forward, not sauntering forward. I'm straining with everything in my body. I'm throwing myself towards the finish line, straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want you to know what the finish line is. I keep mentioning the finish line. That finish line that we're sprinting towards is meeting our God face to face. You're going to die, boom, and there's Jesus in front of you. That's the finish line. Let us run our whole lives as if we're running towards his arms. Uh, Y'all missed that. (laughs) Come on. Let us run our whole lives because when we... There's Jesus. Let us run our whole lives as if we're running into his arms. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. That is worth running for. It is a very short race. Paul, when he wrote Philippians 3.13 that we just read, it was such a good verse. Forgetting those things which are behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When he wrote that, (laughs) he wanted to make every moment of this teeny tiny little span count. And every moment needed to count for Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're being wasted away. Wasted away doesn't mean like, oh, I tripped and banged my knee. He's talking to people that are being persecuted for their faith. Nero is in charge right now, and he's burning Christians. He's enslaving them, torturing them, feeding them to lions. And he's talking to people who are being abused and ripped apart and separated from their families. Pregnant women that aren't seeing their babies because they're imprisoned. People that are losing their parents to lions. Dipping Christians in oil and setting them on fire so that they could see at night for chariot races. When he's talking about we're being wasted away, he's saying our bodies are being abused for the sake of Jesus Christ. Get this. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light momentary troubles, he sees all this terrible stuff as light momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is not seen. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here's my question to you. What is the prize that we're running for? What are we racing for? What is the goal? Because if you won't run, you can't win. But what is it? What's the crown that he's talking about? Not the, not the green wreath. What is the crown that he's talking about? Paul is completely focused. You know what? He's not focused on that little inch. He's focused on eternity. And that eternity is written by how we run. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25. I want to read one more time. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run hard so that you may obtain it. Man. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Open up with a line, therefore do not lose heart. And what do we have to lose heart over? Life's hard, right? What's he talking about? What do we have to lose heart over? He says, don't lose heart, because what we're straining towards, what we're pressing on for outweighs the temporary problems. Is he talking about the bad, the bad breakup with the boyfriend? He's talking about sickness, arguments with a friend, maybe loss of a loved one, failure at something that you worked hard for. I mean, of course, those things are sort of included, but his context, the thing that we're not supposed to be disheartened over, the context is being persecuted for loving Jesus. We don't even understand the New Testament if we don't understand persecution. Because he's saying, don't be disheartened when people ridicule you, when they drag off the person you love the most to be tortured and executed. Don't be disheartened. When we put Jesus first, we will meet adversity. 
Don't lose heart, he says, when you're knocked down. As you actually get ridiculed for the first time in a home of Christian school, because you actually stood for Jesus around the Christians, and they're all acting awkward around you, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart when you're knocked down over and over again. Don't lose heart when you trip and you, you sin and you know that you've sinned. You come back before God on your face. Say, Lord, forgive me. Don't lose heart when you're knocked down. <laughs> Blessed is the man who falls six times. He stands every time. I think it was seven, six, seven, four hundred. They're all the same. There was a runner that experienced being knocked down. He was a runner in the 1924 Olympics and he was a Christian. His name was Eric Liddell. I have a picture of him. Eric Liddell was an incredible guy, and he was immortalized in the movie Chariots of Fire. I encourage you to go see it. He was known for running wildly. Like his form was like all over the place because he was just throwing himself down the track. He was a short-distance runner, 100-yard sprint. For him, running was his worship to the Lord. And he was known in his running that he would throw his head back like this, sideways. And he would throw his head back because he was in worship as he ran. It was beautiful. This was his posture. And he was a runner who could take a hit. And the day would come when he finished with the Olympics, he turned around and went to China to be a missionary. And spent the rest of his life in China until he died being a missionary. He knew what it looked like to get hit and to fall and to get up again. Let me show you a cool video from that video, from that movie. Get set. Get up, lad, get up. quarter I've ever seen, Mr. Little. Certainly the bravest. Come on, gently. May we sprint in the arms of Jesus and collapse. May we run to him and just be so winded. Maybe him that catches us. How beautiful. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have achieved it. But one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind. Every time I fell down, every time you crash and burn, every time you sin, every time someone comes against you, every time someone ridicules you for Jesus, you strain forward. You're forgetting those things. You're straining forward towards what lies ahead, and you press on towards the goal for the prize. What is the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus? The first point is to run hard. Point two that we see in this verse says every athlete exercises self-control in all things. If you're in long-distance racing or in weight training, you're not like day one, like rack on 200 pounds, and you're like, you know, it's just not going to happen. If you're going to go get in that, what do you do? You start with lightweight and a lot of reps. Lightweight, over and over and over again. And you slowly build up 
And the next time you might be able to add just a little bit. Or you may be able to do a few more reps. And you keep pushing and pushing and adding weight and adding weight. And it takes time. And you're working and working and working. You don't just get out there and run a marathon the first time. You're like, you don't get from the, the, the Cheetos and the couch to go run a marathon. Like, no. You'd be like face down, Cheeto powder on your face, people running by you. It doesn't happen. But you go out and you start with little runs. I mean, you might jog and walk and jog and walk and just get a little bit more and a little more and a little more and a little more. And over time, you build up that strength. That's the way our spiritual disciplines are. You may not be someone that can sit down and just pray for an hour. But you know what? You can start doing little prayers in that two and a half minutes between one class and the other. You may not be someone who is just like walking up to the stranger on the road and you open up with this beautiful like introduction question and, and they're like in tears and Jesus. and But you might be able to, I don't know, ask someone if you can pray with them next time they mention that they're sick. Short, short distances, small weights. You might, your quiet time might not be four hours long. Maybe it starts with eight minutes. Four minutes of Bible reading, four minutes of prayer and meditation. And then it grows and soon you're journaling. And it grows and soon you're meditating and listening for his voice. And you start hearing him. You start with little things and you grow. Prayer and worship are so beautiful. If we'll meditate, if we'll marinate in prayer and worship, we'll build our strength, we'll build our endurance. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-17 says, Rejoice always. As in, wherever your circumstances are, you rejoice then too. Life's great? Rejoice. Bottom out? Rejoice. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, even the hard hits, even the knockdowns. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Point two, so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Here's your self-control. Your praise, your Bible reading, your prayer. Build strength, build endurance. But what is the prize? I hope this is like a mind-blowing for you. Because it's so profound. And when we have it backwards, when we're living some sort of bad theology, the prize gets so weak. And we've had a lot of weak, broken theology preached to us for a long time. What is the prize? Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 9. We're just going to read the last part of it. They do not run to receive a perishable crown, Oh, we do not run to receive a perishable crown. We run to receive an imperishable, eternal crown. The third point of this verse is to run hard because our reward is greater than what the Olympians are running for. I remember bike riding with my dad. I was young. I like zero endurance for bike riding. I'm on the road for the first time. Cars are buzzing by. I'm going to die at any moment. And I'm just totally winded. And I remember that we're like, I'm huffing and puffing. And I'm like, Dad. And I'm like yelling up, you know, where are we going? How much further do we have? And he says, he says, we're pulling over at the Golden Arches. Who knows what Golden Arches are? McDonald's. Milkshake. I love McDonald's milkshakes. I, Isaac knows I love McDonald's milkshakes. And I remember as a kid looking up, and I could see the Golden Arches over some buildings, and I had a goal. I had a target. All of a sudden, it wasn't an endless race. I had something to run for. I had something to keep pedaling for. And there were big yellow arches. I don't care if you like McDonald's or not. It was motivating. What is our prize? What is worth continuing for, hurling ourselves towards the finish line for? What is our reward, our imperishable crown, our heavenly prize? I'm going to read some beautiful verses. You guys got to get excited about these verses. This is beautiful. Revelation 21, verses 2 through 7. You ready for this? We're going to start off with some great symbolism. Are you ready for this? And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. That's us. That's God's people. And they're coming down from heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. That's right. Oh, man. Jesus loves us so much. He loves us like a husband loves a bride. And he's excited for us to be with him. And we're excited to be with him. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. Is there an amen for that? That's amazing. His home is with his people. 
He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Not a transcendent God that's way up in space. Not an old senile grandpa dad. This is God, the creator, father, judge, savior, empowerer, is walking among in unity inside of his people. That is incredible. Let's keep going. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow. There will be no more crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne, the one sitting on the throne as ruler over all things, says, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I'm telling you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All who are thirsty. Are there some thirsty people in here tonight? I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty. I'm so ready to be with my Lord. That all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and here is your prize. I will be their God, and they will be my children, my people. Now I want to flip. I want to do a paradigm flip real quick. John MacArthur says this, the ultimate prize, the imperishable crown, the thing that is never passing away, what is on the other side of that finish line is Jesus Christ. He is the prize. I think for a long time you've heard it preached, that heaven is the prize. Maybe there's not enough passion in Christianity today because it's all been backwards, that Jesus is a means to an end. He's just the way that we get to heaven. Now, you need to understand something very, very serious because that's a bad theology. That is a dangerous theology because it takes the very, the very meat out of what we are running for. Don't you understand? Heaven is the venue of where we get our prize. Jesus is the prize. Heaven is just where we hang out. We are running towards Christ. He didn't die so we could go to heaven. He died so we could be with him. You need to understand that because heaven's really not that great. It's just there. It's nothing without the Son of God who gave everything to be with you. Not to have you hanging around in the neighborhood. He loved you. He wanted you. And he's building this beautiful frame for him to be in, for you. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Notice he didn't say, we don't preach ourselves, but we preach heaven. He said, I'm preaching Jesus, and ourselves are nothing but bondservants for Jesus' sake. It's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus, and it'll always be about Jesus. Not just some sort of golden streets, fancy houses, whatever. That's all well and good. A whole lot of religions are trying to get to paradise, nirvana, heaven, or whatever. But (laughs) heaven is not the best part. The best part is Jesus Christ is our prize, and heaven is the venue. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8. Paul is talking, he says this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. Do you realize he's about to be beheaded? This is 63 AD, Nero's in charge, he's been annoyed with Paul for a long time, and he's about to cut Paul's head off. And so he says, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith, I've hurled myself towards the finish line this whole time. I didn't have great form, I didn't have it all figured out or together, I just knew I saw a finish line, and it was Jesus on the other side, and I hurled myself as hard as I could towards him. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also all, all, all who have loved his appearing. How do we receive righteousness? How do we receive eternal life? It's unity with Jesus. Jesus doesn't go, hold on, let me get my righteousness shaker over here, and I'll give you some righteousness. No, no, no. He goes, I'm giving you myself. I'm the prize. You need joy in your life? You don't need to ask God for some sort of abstract thing that he puts joy in your life. You need to ask God for him in your life. You need love. You need patience. You need righteousness, holiness. Stop expecting something to come from the outside. Press into righteousness, love, holiness, peace. He's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness, not the spirit of get your life together. He is holiness, and he wants to be in you. That's, that is amazing. You need joy? He is joy. You have some stuff in your life that you need. Stop looking for it. 
Start looking towards your prize. Start hurling yourself towards the finish line. How is death defeated? How are our tears and pain wiped away? It's through unity with Jesus. Jesus Jesus is the prize that's worth running for, worth collapsing at the end of the race for. He is the imperishable crown. He is the eternal prize. He is the heavenly reward. There is... <laughs> Did you ever catch this? The Bible says, hey, the old heaven and the old earth are going to pass away. Even the, God, the stuff that God makes has timelines. So what is it that God could give us that will never pass away? The only thing that's eternal. Himself. Let's look at my rope again. I like ropes. Rope. Here we go. On this side, I've got a few inches of black tape. Yeah, you see it? There's your whole life. So short. Man, it was black, but Jesus made it white. (laughs) Okay, so... Here's your whole life. Now let's pretend that this rope just goes on forever and ever. Thank you, Francis Chan, for this example. Let's pretend this rope goes on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That is eternity. There is no end to this rope. Forever. And this is your life right here. And I'm telling you, a whole lot of people, they can't see past this little spot. All they're focused on is what's in here. That's it. I'm telling you, there's a lot of eternity. And you know what? What happens in here decides what's that. That's, that's scary. That's huge. That's beautiful. People can't get past this. People, whenever people ridicule you, and they're like, why aren't you just living your life for fun? Don't you realize that you, know, you only live once? And you're like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I only live once, but is this big? <laughs> I have all of eternity to be concerned about. People can't see all that. And they may look at you and be like, man, you're so stupid. Why not, why not do the party? Why not go the distance? Why not, get all the sex you can. I mean, life's short, man. And you're like, don't you understand? My race is short. I'm in a sprint. I have all of eternity that's going to reflect this. So we need to get our eyes out of this. And we start looking out there in eternity with Jesus Christ. That is worth running a hard race for. Go, Rope. I told you that Eric Liddell died in China as a missionary. Someone once asked him, do you ever regret your decision to leave behind the fame and glory of athletics? And with his Irish accent, he said, it's natural for a chap to think over all that sometimes, but I'm glad I'm at work in what I'm engaged in now. A fellow's life counts for far more at this than at the other. Paul's attitude was so different from the way we see Christianity displayed in front of us. Paul is thinking to himself, I'm going to make every bit and every inch of that little black strip count. I'm going to make it count for Christ. Because the prize, that long eternity, is so worth anything that I might give up now. Oh, you didn't get drunk last night. Woe is you. Life's so hard. Are you serious? (laughs) It's not worth it. Is not worth it. I don't care how hot she is. She's not worth it. Jesus is worth sacrificing all those little things, all those little perishable crowns that we think we're gathering through life. They're not worth it. Paul's thinking to himself, I'm going to be a runner. And with, with my moment of facing God, that finish line, I'm going to make that my complete focus. A patient at a doctor's office once received a terminal diagnosis. The doctor had to use his best bedside manner to say, this is going to kill you. You're going to die. And the patient responded, are you afraid of death? Doctor, is this, are you scared about what's going to happen afterwards? And the doctor said, no, I'm a Christian. And the guy said, how can you not be scared of what's next? And the doctor went to another door of his office. And he kind of just tapped on the door like this. And you could hear a tail wagging and sniffing, you know, at the bottom of the door, a little pawing. And he opens the door, and this beautiful dog comes busting in the door, tail wagging. Ah, and it just jumps all over the doctor and ah, licking, you know, the way dogs do, just all over him. And the doctor looks up at this guy who's sitting there, totally confused. And he says, you know, my dog has never been in this room before. 
He had no idea what it looked like in here, what he was going to experience. All he knew was that his master was on the other side. All he knew was that I was here. And that was enough for him. This life might seem so slow, but if we'll keep our eyes on the finish line, that's the moment we meet Jesus. Don't miss that. Our joy will be complete when we finally meet our Savior face to face. He is the prize worth running for. As Eric Liddell was approaching the Olympic Games, he learned that his big race, the big one that he'd been training for forever, was on a Sunday. And he made the decision that he was not going to run on his Sabbath day, the day that God told him to keep holy. And it was an uproar. The guy that everybody had been cheering for and excited about is now going to go to church instead of running his big Olympic race. He refused to run because he wanted to honor God. He was ridiculed for sitting it out. But he was given an opportunity to run a different race on a Saturday, except it was a 400-meter race. It was not what he trained for. It was not what he was ready for. He had to train completely different last minute. It was way outside of his comfort zone. But before the race, another runner came to him and handed him a little piece of paper. You get to see that in a minute. Not only did Liddell win that race, but he set a new Olympic record at 47.6 seconds, which wouldn't be broken for another 12 years. That's three more Olympic games that no one ever broke his record. I want to show you a fun clip of that. says in the old book, he that honors me, I will honor. Good luck, Jackson Shores. Where does the power come from to see the race to its end from within? I believe God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Everything we did in our lives became part of our run. You go to school, you study your brains out. Why? Because it honors him that you do everything for him. When you have to sweep at the house or clean your room, it becomes your worship. All of a sudden, every leg of your race becomes, becomes part of your worship. What if we lived that way, that we ran so hard that we worship with every step. Like I said, Eric became a missionary to China. It was during this time that it was World War II when Japan invaded China and it captured the city he was serving in. All the residents of the allied countries, think Americans, were placed in internment camps. Eric was among them. 
And there in the camp with a whole bunch of other people that are just forced to be there, he started teaching Bible classes. He started teaching just school and teaching the kids. He began to encourage the other families, lived and breathed with them. One resident wrote this about him. This is so powerful. This is someone who runs. Often in an evening, I would see him bent over a chessboard or a model boat or directing some sort of square dance, absorbed, weary, and interested, pouring all of himself into his effort to capture the imagination of these penned-up youths. He was overflowing with good humor and love for life and with enthusiasm and charm. It is rare indeed that a person has the good fortune to meet a saint. But he came as close to anyone I've ever known. And it was in that camp that Eric Little died. His last words were in a reference to his service to God. In a short, it's complete surrender. And then, he, and then he ran into the arms of Jesus. His sprint was complete surrender. His last words are, I've surrendered everything. There's my Jesus. I meet the finish line. I have finished the race. And I fall collapsing to the arms of the one I love the most. Jesus is the prize worth running for. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. May we run hard until we run into our Father's arms. I'd like the worship team to come up. They're going to play a song that is just worship. That reflects the prize that we're running for. And the prize is not some sort of streets of gold. It's not some sort of, oh, I'm going to feel good. This song is all about what we desire the very most in our lives. It's complete surrender. May they be our last thoughts. May they be our thoughts tonight. May they be our thoughts Monday morning. Complete surrender. Complete sprint all out. No matter what situation you're in, you are running the race. And running the race is not just living life. Running the race is pursuing the kingdom of heaven, putting that first, making disciples of all nations. And guess what? Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And I'm waiting on the other side of the tape. Throw yourselves down the race of this life. That little teeny tiny one-fifth of an inch of your life. It's a short sprint. Run, run, run. Train your brains out. Spend time marinating in God's word and in prayer. Worship with everything that you have so that day in and day out you can run the good race. Forget those things which are behind. Strain towards what is ahead. Press on towards the goal. Towards the goal for the prize, Jesus Christ, for which he's called us heavenward. The prize who is Jesus, for which he's called us to the venue of heaven. Complete surrender. Let's worship tonight with everything that we have. Let's worship our imperishable prize. Let's worship our eternal crown. The one who gave it all for us. Let's give it all for him. Every day. Every moment. Jesus. Jesus. Please let not one be lost. Please, please capture every heart in this room. Let every mouth confess to his Lord. Please, Lord. Please, I beg you, Jesus, go after every student. I'm tired of mountaintop experiences. I'm so sick of just living from stepping stone to stepping stone in our relationship with the Lord. It's time that we start filling in the gaps. That Monday morning, you start pressing into the Lord. You start your training. Yep, this has been a great insert basketball camp, football camp, whatever. But it's time for you to grow up in Christ. It's time for you to get off milk and start pursuing meat. 
you need to start pursuing Christ in your Bible at home. You don't have a Bible? Ask me. I've got them. I'll give you one. It's time for you to start pursuing Christ in worship and praise and prayer. No more mountaintop experiences. Yay, emotion. I don't care about emotion. I don't care if you clap or get excited. It's worthless. It's trash compared to what's going to happen Monday if you don't turn your heart towards training for this sprint. I'd like the e-group leaders to come down front. I think we have enough space. Come on down, e-group leaders. Here's people that love you a lot. What's hindering your race? What's the weight that Josh talked about? What's hindering you from that sprint, from going all out? But you know what? I don't want to just pray the negative. I don't want to just pray, let's not do that anymore. We got to fix this. I want... Okay. Woo! All right. You're going to pray in your seats right now before you come up. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to start praying about where God wants you in the future. And you're not going to just come down and pray about what you can drop off. I want you to start praying about where you're running to. I want you to start asking the Holy Spirit, God, where do you want me? Where do you want me? Where do you want me in my life? Where do you want me physically, mentally, spiritually? What's next for me? What are you calling me towards? Because you haven't been listening enough. I promise you, you haven't been listening to what the Holy Spirit's been saying. So it's time we start listening to him, start asking him, and he's going to start putting a word in your heart. He's going to start putting a destination in your heart. He's going to start dangling the finish line out in front of you and giving you a direction. And when you come up here, you're not just praying about, Lord, I need to just stop this bad habit or whatever. I want you to pray with these leaders about where God is calling you next and let them agree with you in the Holy Spirit that you are going to be trained and ready because God's going to get you where he wants you to be when he wants you to be there. And you're going to be who we want you to be when you arrive. In Jesus' name. Are you ready for this? Let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship. And I want you to start praying. Don't just run down. Start thinking. Start start praising. And start praying. Lord, where do you have me? What's next? And when you do come down and pray with these leaders, I want you to tell them what you feel God has laid on your heart. And let them pray with you about what that looks like. Thank you, Jesus.